0: What kind of impact do you have as a Christian? Let's talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. Our impact as Christians should have a mark. It should leave a mark in this culture that we find ourselves in. In fact, today's message is called just that, Cultural Impact. If you will, join us in Acts chapter 10 as our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, will take us there to take a look at the cultural impact that the gospel should be making in and through our lives as Christians. Won't you join us again? Acts chapter 10 is where we catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, from the well, a Christian community in Livermore, California, here's Pastor Napoleon with today's edition of Times of Refreshing.
1: If we're going to have the impact that God wants us to have as a church community and to see the world change the way that we all would like to change, there's a process that I believe is laid out here in the book of Acts that we can, we can really, really draw of draw from, we can draw from. But it's not going to take place until, number one, we have strong marriages. Number two, we have strong families. You may not be married, but you, you, you are part of a family. You may be raising kids by yourself, and you're, you're, you're establishing your family, and you're going through the process of building your family. We have strong families. Strong marriages, strong families create strong cities, which in turn eventually begins to create strong states, which in turn begins to create strong countries. And for us, we have to keep in mind that the family structure is being hit. And the devil, because he's, he's smart in the sense that he knows how to bring destruction and he knows how to uh, break down what God is establishing... He will attack the family structure and he will do it relentlessly because he knows that when the house is divided, it cannot stand. And so this is what he attempts to do. But if we if we do not have strong marriages, we do not have strong families, we do not have strong cities, we do not have strong states, we do not have strong countries, then ultimately country by country the world is going to continue to fall apart. The church is the enti- entity in the earth that, it is, that is designed to become a model and a place in which people can come to see what true godly living looks like. It becomes, it becomes an option for people. And for all of us, as a church, we have to see that we have a part or a part to play in helping to provide this option for people. And so, God is looking for people that will step up, represent Him in the earth, understand Kingdom culture. So that as we understand the culture of the kingdom, we can begin to draw people to to that which God has breathed on, has ordained, and has established. Jesus Christ is not coming back for the United States of America, or for Japan, or for, you know, Russia. Or Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. And he's coming, and that means that all of us have our part to play in drawing people into the church. But when the church is doing its job, when the church is vibrant, when the church is having an impact, families will be impacted. Marriages will be impacted. Cities will be impacted. States will be impacted. And ultimately, countries will be impacted. In the book of Acts, chapter uh, 10... We're going to see a picture of God, and I want you just to see when you read these verses, God's mind in all of this and how God is moving to impact the Gentiles. It says here in verse in verse one. There was a certain man in in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called the Italian regiment. A devout man. And one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers... And your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. And when you look at this, one of the things that I I, I love about God is when he's a strategist. And in this moment, you see very clearly that Cornelius, he had a heart for God. He had a a, a desire to know God, but it wasn't totally according to knowledge. There There was more that God wanted to expound to him more clarity that God was trying to get to him. And he was a man that obviously was a praying man. He was a man that was obviously in a position where he was a generous man. He was willing to give to people. So he was a man that God had already been dealing with behind the scenes, someone that God had already been working on. And I think for all of us, we have to realize that true evangelism, I've been saying this, True evangelism is partnering with God. I'm doing my part, but ultimately God is on the scene doing His part. He's already moving in people's lives. Before I gave my life to Christ, God had already been moving upon me. And when I got to the Raiders' uh, uh you know deal and I was sitting there on the field and I was at training camp and and one of the guys came and ministered to me God had already been ministering to me And this is the thing that we have to learn about walking with God that we are in a partnership We're working with him and we have to learn to be to be sensitive to what he's doing because he's already gone before us God's going to impact a culture He's going to impact families. This man right here is in this process with God. He's devout in the sense that what he knows at this point, he's, he's going before God. God wants to expound and give more as he's already been dealing with him. So God impacts this man and begins to not only impact him, but he's, he's trying to get to the family. And we have to see this. God, if he's going to impact the world, impact cities, he, impact cult- cultures, he's going to start with families. He's going to start with families. He's going to start with marriages. He's going to start, he's going to work on the hearts of men. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. But the point here is this. God is not just coming to you. He's coming to your house. Don't think. Stop thinking that. Listen. God didn't save you just for you. He saved you because he's trying to get to your house. Because if he can get to your house. And he can get to your marriages. He can get to the city. He can get to the state. He can get to the country. He can get to the world. This is how God thinks. So he finds a man that he's already been working on, and he begins to speak to him. Now, there are some characteristics about this man that all of us should aspire to have. And we see very clearly here that it says that he prayed to God always, that he was a praying man. We need people that, 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 that God is moving upon people that are in that process of discovery. And for all of us, discovery means prayer. Prayer. Prayer gets us to a place where we start to begin to ask God to come into our life. Even though we may not even know everything, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to understand even more clearly. But he was a praying man. I said it earlier. He was a charitable man, he was a giving man. His heart was open to, to, to bless other people, he was not selfish. He was selfless in the sense that he gave alms continually. These are some of the things that we can draw from verses 1 to 8. And as God is dealing with us, we have to be mindful of this as we're going on and out these doors to minister to people. God, help me to find people that you're moving upon. Open my heart, Lord, to see, to see what you're doing. Help me to be sensitive to your voice. Help me to get to, to know people. Help me to get to know people. I was in the mall the other day. And I'm there. And I was just sharing this with my wife. I'm there in the mall again. And I'm just going down the, getting ready to go down the escalator. And two young men came to me. And they said, Napoleon. Uh, not Napoleon. they said, excuse me, sir. Could, can, uh, can I share something with you? And I knew immediately in my mind, I said, these guys are, are guys from a church in the area, and they're trying to evangelize in the mall, and they're going to be ready to try to evangelize me. And I, I thought that was cool, and that's fine. So I stopped, because I wanted to hear, you know, I wanted to hear how they're going to do it, how they're going to win me to Christ. So I stopped, and I said, and I listened to them, and and they started, and they're blessed, blessed the kids, you know. I'm listening to them, and, and they started, oh, we want to know if you'll come to this this meeting, that you'll come to this group, did you just come to this, come to this, come to this, come to this. They start asking me to come to this thing. And I, and then finally I just chuckled. I said, I'm a pastor in the area, and I pastor uh, this church called The Well. and Donna, That's that church in Livermore, huh? I said, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. It was like, okay, you good, you good, you good. But the thing, the thing that, the, the thing that, the thing that really, the thing that, that really touched me when I was listening to these guys is, is, if I wasn't saved and somebody just asked me to come to some group meeting, I'm not sure, so sure that I would go. Cause I don't, I don't know you, man. And I started processing in my mind. Is there a better tactic in, in, in terms of connecting with people, trying to get to know them, and establishing some type of relationship, and, and is, is just there a better way to connect with people so people feel that I'm not just going to, a, to some place, I'm getting to know you, and you're getting to know me. This is something that I, that I, that I kind of, that I think about. And I think for all of us, we have to be mild, mindful of that. God has given you a sphere of influence. Don't just invite your friends to church. How about invite them to lunch to get to know them? You could ask them about their family. And you could ask you about your family. And, and there's a connection that is made. Let me move on from that. But in this passage of scripture, we see that God's already moving upon Cornelius. And he knows that if I can get if I can if I, I I found someone whose heart is open and if I can impact his family, then ultimately I can get what I'm trying to get accomplished in the earth accomplished. But at the same time that God is working on Cornelius at that very same time, he's working on Peter. He's not only working on the person that's supposed to receive the message and to have the impact on their community. He's also working in the heart of the person that's going to release the message. And so realize that when it comes to taking cities, taking communities, starts with a family, but on both ends, God is at work and he is the one that we should be yielded to on both ends to see God accomplish his ultimate task. I want you to go to verse 24 on down to verse 33. Obviously, from verse 9 to 23, God speaks to Peter. He talks to him. He ministers to him. He's found a person that that he wants to release his purpose through. And we pick the story up in verse 24. And And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. So now it's just not his family, his, his relatives, and his close close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted, up, lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Somebody say many. Many. By God reaching one family, now we see what? Many. It says here, Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent. I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. And said Cornelius your prayers has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon a Tanner by the sea. When he comes he will speak with you or speak to you. So I sent to you immediately and you have done well to come. Now therefore we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you he says by God I want you to write down divine appointments divine appointments this goes back to what I had been saying God is at work while you're at work God is at work and for all of us this moment is powerful because God wants to change he's getting ready to release and pour out his spirit upon the Gentiles these are first Gentiles He's getting ready to pour out His Spirit. He finds a family. In the midst of the family, He finds a man. He finds a marriage. He finds a home. And then now, God begins to strategically connect Him to the right people. There are divine appointments that are assigned to our lives. And for all of us, we have to make ourselves available for those divine appointments. And here in this moment, Peter wasn't just going through his life on a whim. God was ordering his steps and leading him, and he was allowing him to connect to the right people at the right time because Peter is in the right place. And for all of us, we have to see ourselves as agents of the kingdom of God wherever you go, you are representing the kingdom of God and you have to make yourself available to God's leadings in that moment because you don't know who you're going to talk to. You don't know whose family is going to be impacted because you're at the right place at the right time. You don't know how your simple act of obedience is going to impact a generation. You never know. But if we have it in our mind that God needs to use somebody else or I'm too busy or I'm just, you know, I'm only here just to collect my check. I'm only here just so I can say hi to you or or we have some other agendas going on. We can miss out on opportunities to really have the impact on the culture that God is looking for us to have. This man in this moment is right where he needs to be. God begins to move on his heart and send him to where he needs to go. And he's going to have an impact that's not only going to just affect him, but the Bible says many now were gathered at Cornelius' house and they're affected. The thing that I love about this, though, is that God, in the midst of this, as he's preparing Peter, he is able to break down Peter's cultural baggage which in turn made him available in this custom we know and Peter says it it's unlawful for me to even hang out with you guys but God has showed me that I should not call something common that God has cleansed and what's happened is even within and I say this even within the church it is a shame that, that black people only feel that they can minister to black people. And white people only feel that they can minister to white people. And Chinese people only feel that they can minister to Chinese people. And we've got all this garbage inside the church. Can I have an amen? And all the garbage, all the trash in the church needs to be taken to the dumpster and poured off. Because God is not going to be able to use you. To the degree that he wants to use you, if you and I have any cultural baggage in our hearts. And so he sits here and he, 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 he corrects him. He says, oh, I see what God is saying. I can't have this. I can't, this is, this isn't something that I need to have in my heart. I can't let this, I can't let this fester. I can't let this, I got to understand that God is doing something new here and that I've got to ride with God. Can I have an amen, y'all? And so what he does is, is he breaks down this cultural wall that has been established and erected and then he's made him even more useful. And for all of us, we have to see this in our own lives. If we have, and and you guys know one thing I do not like, one thing in this church, and you guys know this. And I'm going to say this again. This pulpit does not endorse any political party. I want to make that clear in this house. Now, you go somewhere else, they may do that stuff. And here we don't do that. We don't endorse any political party. You, You let God lead you and go from there. In this church, we don't do that. Number two, in this church, I will say it again. I hate any form of racism. And this church, this church, we don't... This church is a multi-ethnic church. It will always be as long as I'm the senior pastor. I don't care if you came from Pluto. I don't care if you are green. In this church, we don't get it, we don't do that. There's so many so many people for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Can I have an amen? We don't do that here in this church. This is not a black church, a white church, an Hispanic church. This is a red church. It's a church that's covered in the blood of Jesus. I don't care where you come from. God has established it like that from the first day we opened the doors. And, and, and you guys can tell I don't play with that. I hate it. On both sides of the field racism reverse racism all of it it's all it's the devil it's all the devil it's all the devil it's all the devil i don't i don't like any of this and uh, peter in this moment we see he had to god had to break something off him so he can become more of an asset to the kingdom and his divine appointments could be sound Man, I can't go over I can I can't go over that person's house because they're because they're they're black. I can't go over that person's house because they're white. I can't go over their person's house because they're they're Japanese. I can't go over there. I mean, I mean, how pathetic is that? Cuz what you're saying is God can't use you. God can't use you to touch people. He can't. And so for us, we we have to see that God is in the business of making divine appointments for us, which is going to further, you know, bless our account. But if God can't use us because we have any cultural baggage, then, then are we really useful to the kingdom?
0: Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.